Welcome to episode 283. Do you have pain? Do you experience pain in your feet, your back, your joints, or your heart, your soul, or pain that was thrust upon you a really long time ago by someone else? The kind of pain that sits somewhere deep within you and holds you back and makes you think awful things about yourself. If you can relate to the kind of physical or emotional pain that I'm talking about, then this episode is for you because I give you a strategy to change what your pain means. It's not until we change the story of what pain means that we will begin to be free from it. I'm not saying the pain was your fault or that it's not just that you feel it and experience it, but I am saying that if we give pain a different meaning, then there is a tangible level of hope that awaits you on the other side to being in a place where you are pain-free. This episode goes deep. So if you're ready, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I'm glad that you've popped in here for a longer Coaching with Maddie type episode. So uh, this is not a normal Coaching with episode, Maddie, because those ones are on Mondays and they're a bit smaller, although you might be listening to this at some point in the future. So it could be Sunday for all I know. It could be any day. Uh, but anyway... In 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. Now, this conversation that I want to share with you today comes from a, a number of places actually, but fundamentally it comes from a conversation that I've had several times with my group coaching clients. And it can be quite a tough pill to swallow this conversation because fundamentally what we're addressing here when we talk about changing the meaning of our pain or understanding the meaning of our pain is we're asking people to change themselves and start believing a different truth. And if you've ever tried to convince a religious person that religion isn't real, then changing someone's truth, you'll know, is very difficult or vice versa, you know. Um, and so I want to have this discussion with you today because the idea that pain is something that uh, is driving all of the problems in our life is an interesting idea. And, and I first want you to reflect on normal life, okay? So the normal life that pretty much everybody listening to this podcast is a part of. We, we've grown, we're born into this world where basically everything we do is to run away from perceived pain or pain that we predict is going to be coming if we don't do something. So as a, as a human, we're always moving away from pain and towards pleasure. And they talk a lot about that um, in business for marketing as well, that when you're doing your marketing, you should always talk about the pain someone will experience more so than the pleasure they'll get because as a biological species, we get away from pain much faster than we move towards pleasure. Think about someone uh, telling you that you're, you're going to have all of the money removed out of your bank account tomorrow. You're going to absolutely drastically as fast as possible access your bank account, get the money out and put it somewhere else, right? But if somebody said, came over and said, hey, I'm going to give you um, some money into your bank account tomorrow, you probably would wait until tomorrow before you handed over the bank details. There'd be no huge rush. 
even though one is pleasure, you're getting more money uh, and one you're taking the money away. So you act much, much more quickly to prevent yourself from pain. But think about society on a, on a broader spectrum, right, which is that we earn money to avoid the pain of hunger, right, or the pain of being homeless. We get in a relationship and even get married to lock that in to avoid the pain of being alone. And many many people will stay in very very unhappy relationships and marriages to avoid to continue continue avoiding the pain of being alone, even though they feel somewhat alone in their relationship. Right? We put we put money into savings to avoid the pain of things that we can't predict. Right? Car crashes, deaths, accidents, situations. You know, we put money into our retirement fund or our superannuation, depending on the country you live in in order to prevent the pain of money problems later in life, you know. Everything we do, everything we do every day is somehow connected to the idea of avoiding pain. And so what that has done for a society as a whole is that it's said to us unconsciously, and maybe even some people have said this to their kids or people consciously, is that we should be terrified of pain because the meaning we have given pain is that if we end up homeless or if we end up divorced or if we end up retired without money or if we end up in all of these situations where we've failed, we're wrong, and if we're wrong in a situation or we've failed because we're feeling pain, then that can mean that we're being rejected or abandoned or forgotten about or that we're unlovable because we've made a mistake. And so this sends the, the message to all of us that probably all of us are holding that when we feel pain, it can lead to the idea that I'm that we're wrong, we're failed, rejected, abandoned, unlovable, and that you get to a place where you're so incredibly embarrassed that you might even prefer death, right? And this is hypothetically speaking, you know, this is metaphorically speaking as well. The idea that it's, you know, there's so much judgment cast upon what pain means that in some instances we'd rather be dead or we'd rather never see that person ever again because we're so, we feel so wrong. We feel like such a failure. And so what that can lead to is after you've experienced pain with this being the pain story, the pain story meaning that I'm wrong, I've failed, that I'm, you know, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to be abandoned, I'm going to die, I'm going to starve. If we've made pain mean that, then after we experience pain a couple of times or depending how hardcore it was the first time, we become this person that desperately tries to control things that are external to our body. We might be controlling food. We might become an emotional eater or a sugar addict. We might become an addict of alcohol or heroin. We might try and control people. We might become a little bit manipulative. You know, we might be able to, uh, we might now be capable of doing things like possibly stealing or doing other things, right? Because when we now understand that pain means all of these horrible things that we then have to do everything we possibly can in order to make sure that pain doesn't happen. So we might even be willing to go through a little bit of pain in doing all of these things and breaking the rules and you know, even possibly harming our body if it means that we don't have to experience pain on another level, on a really serious level or a repeat of the past. So if we have this definition of pain, then of course we're going to judge pain as a bad thing. The story that we have around pain is going to be that pain is bad, pain is awful, no one should ever experience pain, and anyone that has pain in their life means that they've failed and they're wrong, right? 
So now that we've sort of painted that picture a little more clearly and you might now start reflecting on your own life and it's like, oh, what things am I doing in my life to myself or to other people that are in some way, and it might be quite convoluted to pull apart and everything's kind of tethered together, but what am I doing in my life or doing to people that is me fundamentally protecting myself from either current or future pain, right? It might simply be not answering the phone to your mother. <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why do I never get back to my mum? Or why do I never talk to this person? You might realize it's like, oh, I, I, I'm not showing up amazingly in that relationship because I actually find parts of the relationship quite painful, right? Or it might be, I eat all of the time because, and this is going to be a deep one, and you've probably heard me reference this type of uh, analogy or situation before, um, which is with emotional eating, you know. The, as we know from studies that have been done and books that have been written, there's a, there's a connection between childhood sexual abuse and physical abuse and violence and obesity later on in life and addictive behaviors and particularly with things like binge and emotional eating and, and therefore obesity. And so if we know that, what we can understand now is that in order to not feel for that, maybe this particular individual in this hypothetical situation, maybe the, the pain they cause themselves now is just a little bit, just a, just a dip in the, you know, just a drop in the ocean by overeating to maintain their obesity so that they're no longer considering themselves as sexually attractive to the opposite sex and therefore they're preventing themselves from pain, right? And that, that can be a very reasonable, reasonable way to protect yourself from pain. But my point of sharing that story was for you to start understanding where in your life, where layered into the behaviors of your life, can you identify that you are protecting yourself from pain? Because what we make pain mean is incredibly important to fixing the problem and then healing ourselves and moving on to a different life to a different version of ourself. And everyone that listens to this that's a health practitioner, and you may acknowledge that yourself as this person or have having had been this person in the past, we've all worked with people where they were so attached to their pain story and it was such a part of their identity that basically they'd seen many practitioners, nobody was able to help and nothing worked for them. So often, not always, I'm not gaslighting anyone, but Often people that are in situations where they have absolutely nothing work for them, they are so attached to their story that they, they can't surrender to a new possible version of themselves because they're frightened. They're frightened of what that might mean. And if being a different version, if being the current version has protected me from pain, then the new version comes with all of these unknowns. And I don't know what, what kind of pain that's going to introduce to my world right? And so I'm going to try really hard because my conscious mind says I should be skinny and I should be fix my gut and I shouldn't feel tired all the time. But my unconscious mind says, hey, that doesn't sound safe because we've got no data on that reality. So how about we just give up or how about we self-sabotage our way back to where we started? So what we need to do is obviously we need to change the meaning of pain here. I'm not saying it, this devalues the horrendous experience that you may have had in your life or many horrible experiences or many really, really just awful situations you found yourself in. It's not devaluing the actual experience that your physical body and emotional body went through 
right? I'm not devaluing it. But what we need to do is we need to rewrite what pain means. Otherwise, pain is going to tyrannize our reality for until we die, basically. And this is when we when people end up lying on their deathbed with all of the regrets in the world about the fact that they didn't go and do the thing or they didn't have the courage, you know, or they didn't uh, have the intention or they didn't try hard enough, you know, all that kind of stuff you hear on the deathbed. Uh, so we, we, we want to avoid that. We don't want to be on our deathbed full of regret because we didn't we weren't able to rewrite the story and be stronger for ourselves, right? And that doesn't mean that experiencing pain isn't strong, right? My, my advice here is not going to be just grit your teeth and get on with it. That's, that's not what we're saying here, right? So what we need to do, if, if the current reality that we're in says that pain equals bad equals failure equals abandonment equals being unlovable, which equals I'd rather possibly be invisible or dead or never see the person again, then we obviously have to change it because that's fucking awful, right? Um, however, we do acknowledge that that does provide some type of story that is self-protective. So we need we need to rewrite this story. So we need to create our own reality rather than adopt the values of the reality that we are in in a, the modern society, which says that pain is bad, right? So we, re- we really need to rewrite the story of what negative, heavy, sad emotions mean. And the truth is, remember, we're a biological animal. All animals are trying to get away from pain, right? They're always trying to prevent pain, whatever it is. So we have to rewrite the story that negative emotions, heavy emotions, pain is an indicator. It's not a destination. It's not a failure. It's an indicator that something somewhere within you, within your life, is out of alignment. Something's not right, okay? It's more like a signpost. It's not a destination. It's not a determination, right? Failure and pain is not determinism of you being like, yeah, this is it. This is the end for me. I'm just going to stay here for the next 50 years, right? So it's, you're out of alignment, and this is the new story I want you, you to adopt uh, and try playing with. It's that I'm out of alignment. So, something is bring, being brought to my attention for me to give attention to so that I can give it the love, the care, the nurture, the food, the medicine, the whatever, the whatever you need in that space, right? You're out of alignment. It simply might be that you need to give something the space to come out of you. It might be tears. It might be rage. It might be a super difficult confronting conversation with somebody. It might be that you need to spend with no phone an hour every night journaling about this awful pain from a long, long time ago that you just need to start being honest about. And you don't have to be honest to anybody. Not yet. You can be honest to yourself. That's, that's the most important one and it might be in a journal. Not just passing thoughts when you're on the train or you know, spending, you know, you're out of alignment. That's what pain's showing up for. Something isn't right, whether it's your diet or whether it's your past, right? And so because we're bouncing between this idea of pain and pleasure, if we we think like extreme pain is on one end and extreme pleasure is on the other end, then the only place that you don't want to be, which is where most people are keeping themselves, is in the middle. And in the middle is numbness. And many people, including myself, have been through phases of their life where we use food to numb out. And this is often the basis for many people of emotional eating because food is legal, whereas heroin's illegal and, you know, um, 
alcohol, you don't really need it. You can get judged for drinking too much. But you, it's very, very difficult to get judged for eating too much in our modern society. And so we use sugar and carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates, to be in the middle of that spectrum. We numb ourselves out. So we, start, we, we might start feeling some pain come up within, within us, be it physical, be it emotional, and we start using something to numb out. And for me, it used to be sugar and refined carbohydrates in absolute excess, like tons of it. Um, and for some people, it might be some drugs. For some people, it might be some prescription medication. Uh, for some people, it might just be being hyper busy and someone that's like, oh, I'm too busy to think about that or give it attention. I'll just do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. And whenever, and for every time we numb out, we just put another layer um, or, or another lock on the, on the latch to our truth, you know, and it becomes more difficult to access and more difficult to access. And we can go through so much of our life that we actually don't know what, what our core problem is. And there's many people that don't remember traumas and, and have these realizations of trauma and flashbacks to trauma because their body has, again, protected them from the pain by numbing it to the point that it's just totally immemorable or that they're in a space where they're, they're just so distracted with kids and husband and life and whatever that, yeah, sure, I know I should probably give myself attention, but I, got, I don't have time for that, right? So they create a story around how to hide the pain because, again, we've got this idea that pain is bad. Pain can lead to some really awful things. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. However, with our new idea, uh, our new idea where we're creating this new reality where pain is just a sign that you're out of alignment, then, we need, then that leads to the idea that we can return to alignment. And returning to alignment is a, pain, is a place without pain. We're not saying the pain isn't relevant. We're just saying, hey, I'm going to figure out what I need to get back into alignment. And for some people, the pain has been around so long that you might be scared of who you are without it. And that's a deep realization to come to. If you've got the ability to look within yourself, have conversations with yourself and confront yourself and say, hey, we're actually emotionally attached to this pain to the point that it's a, a part of our identity. It's kind of who we are. Our friends know us as the person that suffers with this problem or that always complains about these things. And it's like, whoa, I'm really, I'm really attached to this, you know. That, that would be a huge step because this is where pain and suffering, so pain doesn't have to become suffering. 
Suffering is is what we want to alleviate or prevent when we feel, feel pain, but through pain and through the through the pursuit of falling back in alignment and falling back in balance and just rediscovering the parts of ourselves that need attention, that leads to awakening, right? And it might be a sign when this pain comes along, and this is all part of the new story that we're writing about what pain means. Pain might say, hey, you're out of alignment, which, and what we need for alignment is presence, right? Which is the opposite to abandonment and loneliness and disconnection, is to be present with yourself or to be present with someone, to put your phone away, to turn the radio off, to turn the TV off, to be present with the pain. Because pain's not bad, pain is just an indicator, it's just a signpost. And so we might need to be present with it and ask it some questions and see what is it here to teach us. Because the only way from, to go from suffering to awakening is to be able to investigate the pain, to, to, to ask it all of the questions, to stop ignoring the problem. And the pain is here because it's saying, hey, you need to face the problem. You need to face this lack of alignment, this, this out of balance situation. We need to look at it. Because if we continue to suppress it and we continue to ignore it and we continue to put locks you know, on the door of our pain, then it's just going to, the explosiveness that's on the other side of that door, just the pressure builds up, the pressure builds up, the pressure builds up, and it can lead to some catastrophic situations in your life when you finally explode, right? And interesting, um, I don't necessarily have the data open in front of me, but there is, there's data that's been collected on uh, the di- different ways that men and women uh, heal from relationship breakdowns. And men are particularly bad. It probably doesn't surprise men or all of the women that have got men in their lives. Men are particularly bad at bringing presence to a problem because, you know, men should just be tough and get on with it and you'll be right and suck it up. And, you know, men don't teach men how to talk about this and fathers don't teach sons how to do it because they weren't taught, right? And this is still bad for women, don't get me wrong. But the point is that men are particularly worse off. And then you end up many years down the track having explosions that you think are because of the little occurrence that's happened in front of you when actually you've just buried your real pain so deep within yourself that it's finally exploded after so many layers of, you know, distraction and uh, pleasure and superficiality have been put over the top. Eventually you explode in a way that doesn't make sense to anybody around you because it's actually from, you know, two relationships ago or many years ago. Uh, And this can be exactly the same for women you know, with different problems in their life. So the point is we've got to rewrite. We've got to face the problem when it happens. We've got to sit with it. We've got to confront it. We have to make time for it because pain isn't bad. Giving pain time is not a bad thing. Giving pain your attention is not a bad thing. Canceling dinner with a friend because you need to sit at home and cry and write in your journal, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We're becoming friends with pain. We understand that pain means something and it's not failure and it's not abandonment. Pain means that we're out of alignment and that we've got a signpost that's saying, hey, there's some areas of your life that need a bit of your attention and your presence and that's what it's calling you to do. So you've got to start considering these these options as alternative stories and acknowledgements that, oh, pain isn't that I'm a failure or the pain that I experienced isn't because I'm a shit person or isn't because I'm worthless. It's an indicator that there are things in my life that are trying to drag me down to those statuses or those places or those belief systems. But what is the higher version of you 
open to believing? Are you open to rewriting the, the story of pain differently? Are you open to having pain mean that you might have to let go of some stuff? You might have to be someone who evolves into something different. And part of that belief system might be that I'm an ever-evolving, changing person, which many people don't like the sound of because who am I if I'm always different? It's a big question. Who am I if I'm always changing? Where is home? Where is my point of reference for who I am as an entity? And that's for you to decide. But if we root that belief system in pain and suffering of stories that happened a very long time ago, then we're forever shackled to the mistakes of either other people's past or our own past, or we're at least shackled to the pain that was thrust upon us. And if there's anything you can do to honor your future self, your current self, it's beginning the journey to understanding how to free yourself of the shackles that the pain you've experienced have caused you because you are worthy and deserving and lovable and amazing and you're a human. You're a human having a human experience. That's a mantra that I give to my clients all the time. I'm a human having a human experience and the human experience involves pain. The story that we attach to it and what we make it mean will determine the type of life that we live and the quality of the experience that we have. And therefore, going coming full circle almost to where we started is the regrets that we'll have on our deathbed. Because if we don't start rewriting this story, we can spend decades, decades locked in a particular chapter. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of examples of people that have broken free from this. You know, Some people need a cancer diagnosis. Some people need to get hit by their husband just one too many times. You know, some people just end up just sick of themselves. They're just, I'm just fucking sick of being this person. And, you know, we see that uh, with people that are significantly overweight. They just, they just hit some kind of rock bottom where they're just like, they're done. And they just, they end up being like ultra healthy and fit and amazing, um, which, you know, no, it doesn't have to be everybody's story. You know, you got to do what's right for you. You know, you've got to handle the pain in your life and address it and, and rewrite the story that's attached to it in a way that suits you, right? One tweak a week. I've been talking about this for years now, this idea of one tweak a week. One small step at a time. Doesn't mean you need to sit down, you know, with a psychologist for 24 hours in, in one entire day and telling your whole life story. You might want to just start with a session where you get to know your psych or you sit down with a friend that you really trust and a friend that doesn't make you feel guilty, a friend that is a safe space, you know, don't continue to rewrite the story of, of the past by picking shitty support systems. Like be smart and wise about who you share this journey with, you know, because when you change, the, the other risk is that there is more pain. I should have brought uh, this episode with a warning. <laughs> but it sounds hip hypocritical and contradictory <laughs> because growth comes with its own growing pains. But it's one of those questions as to whether the, the pain of growth, is that more advantageous or coming and bringing more pleasures and possibilities and positivities than the pain of staying the same? And the truth is some people answer that question with saying the, the pain of staying the same is better. And why would it be better? I can answer that for you. It would be better because it feels like less pain because it's safe, predictable, and certain. 
We know what our current pain is going to show us. We know how it's going to feel. We know what it means. And the human body and most animals love to be able to predict their environment because it means their safety. They're not going to be ambushed out of nowhere. They're not going to be have an experience they didn't expect. You know, a lion's not just going to jump out and rip your face off. Because when you're in the pain that you know, there's no uncertain terms. I'm going to stay here because it's familiar and familiar feels safe. Because when I was initially traumatized or hurt in my past, I had no control of the environment. I didn't know what was going on. And I wasn't, predict- I wasn't in a predictable situation. I wasn't in a safe situation and there was nothing certain about it. So now that I've had this pain for so long, it's become my new home. And so I'm not willing to let go of that. And you know what? That's what you choose. I understand it. I understand it. It's much more appealing to stay the same. And I used to do that personally by, by saying things like, this is just who I am. <laughs> I'm just Maddie. I'm just a lot. I'm extra. You know, I have these needs and they must be met. <laughs> you know, I used to really say those things like the arrogant piece of shit that I was. <laughs> But the point is that at some point, the pain of who I was became so unbearable that I had to accept what felt like a bigger pain, but is actually less of a pain. I had to accept the pain of being different and choosing to show up differently for different people. And that meant a bit of an ego death. And that might be what needs to happen here, not to make it sound too big and overwhelming, but difficult work is difficult work. But again, it's the meaning that we give to what difficult work means right? Right now, the idea of difficult work, you might just hear more pain. But hopefully in the future, when we start using language like difficult work or doing the work or hard work or doing what's necessary, hopefully you hear the release of tension on the other side, arriving at a place that feels better, that feels safer, that has less guilt, that has less feelings of failure, that has feelings of lovableness, that you are lovable, that you are worthy of feeling these things and receiving them. But without rewriting what pain means, it's very difficult to get this journey going in any direction. And so I want to give you just a really simple, easy, practical tool to begin rewriting what pain means in your life because... It's, this might sound like a good idea and you might say, Maddie, this is, I get what you're saying, but how? Because I'm so emotionally enmeshed or entrenched in my own suffering or my own story. And I I get that. I've been there. And I know that you might be much older than me and you're like, oh, Maddie, I know you thought you were there, but try doing that for 50 years. And I'm not pretending to know your pain or know what it's like to have experienced what you've experienced. All I know is that there is light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to walk through some darkness. And I know you've already been through a lot of darkness. It's the whole point of the reason you'd be listening to this episode or still listening to this episode because there has been so much darkness. The difference with this darkness is that it's yours. You get to choose it. It wasn't thrust upon you by somebody else's chaos. It wasn't delivered to you in a way that was you know, against your will or against your choosing. The dark, difficult parts that are ahead are because you chose them and you're in control of them. You're in control of how much they happen, when they happen, and how they happen. 
and there's an endless amount of resources out there for, for you to use and grab onto and and for people that you know people like me and I have my own psychologist and I've had many psychs and many therapists and done plant medicine journeys and done all sorts of different things to get to where I am now there's loads of resources and people that are out there willing to help because the interesting thing about the story you give pain is that the indication that pain now means it's a signpost or that it's out that you're out of alignment what that allows you to do is to be a part of the collective healing, the collective expansion, because there's so many people that go into jobs and employments, opportunities and create businesses, and you could argue that this podcast is one of them, that help people prevent pain. So fundamentally, the only way for you to be able to connect with other people is to have had pain, and that gives meaning to the pain in itself. The only way that I can understand my children and what they'll experience, the only under, uh, way that I can understand my siblings, my mother, is because I have suffered pain and I have created pain because of that pain and therefore without it, I wouldn't be able to relate to anyone. I'd be an entitled, nonchalant person, wanker, idiot that didn't understand anyone, that couldn't relate. So it's interesting that pain brings us all together and gives us a place where we can empathize and sympathize and see ourselves in one another. But at the same time, many of those people that have had that pain then go on to fulfill jobs, roles and businesses that help people prevent it as much as possible because they know how bad it is. So what I want you to do in order to start practicing this, this idea of what pain could mean for you in a way that helps move you towards the light at the end of the tunnel is simply ask yourself the question, what else could my pain mean? That's it. Just start with that question. Whether you're, you've got brain fog every day or whether you're obese or whether you're, uh, you're carrying some really heavy stuff or whether you allow yourself to be you know, manipulated by you know, your mother-in-law or your partner or whether you're a victim of sexual abuse or violence or whatever the pain is, physical, emotional, mental, from the past and whether it's tied up in really confusing shit like I'm confused because I actually love the person that caused me pain. Simply ask yourself the question about the pain, what else could this pain mean? That's it. That's all you got to ask because there's a thousand things that pain could mean and that will hopefully begin, begin the rewriting of the story. I don't know how long it's going to take for you. I don't know if it's going to be the beginning of an hour-long healing journey that yeah, where you have this amazing spiritual experience or whether we're just opening a can of worms that's going to take you 10 years. I'd say it took me 10 years. Takes time, takes courage. But the main takeaway I want you to have from today's episode is that we fundamentally have to change the meaning of pain because you're going to experience more. And if we don't have a new definition, then it just continues to stack up on the pile of pain in your body and in your life that has the old meaning, the disempowered meaning, the meaning that doesn't get us anywhere, the meaning that just invites more pain, more suffering, more health issues, more emotional eating challenges, whatever it might be. So we have to rewrite this story. And I hope that this podcast today helped you rewrite that story or at least give you some tools to understanding that 
pain doesn't mean that you've failed. Pain doesn't mean that you're going to be abandoned or that you're wrong or any of that kind of stuff. All it means is that you're out of balance, you're out of alignment, and you are required to be present with that pain, see what it's there to teach you, see what it's there to show you, and decide what that pain is going to mean for you. Is it going to mean I'm grateful for the experience? Is it going to mean this is showing me the area of my life that needs attention that I've abandoned and I've forgotten about a little bit? Is it showing you that you maybe have left behind a relationship which was once once really special and you've not been giving it attention? Is it are you ignoring yourself? Are you ignoring the calls of your own body? Are you not prioritizing yourself? I don't know what you're going to find it, find out that it means. I don't know what it's going to mean for you, but I'm hoping this begins that conversation. And I want you to go forward and remember you're stepping into expansion by spending time with your pain and rewriting that story. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars, share it with a friend that you feel might need to rewrite their pain story because it's not until we rewrite that story that we can be in a position of empowerment. Reviews, ratings, all that kind of jazz, I love that. Although if you don't, I still love you anyway. (laughs) And as you know, I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing this space. And I appreciate your time and attention to such an important topic that is probably something we can all use. And maybe I'll even listen to this episode myself. (laughs) All right, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.